Don't ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Hi, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. Yo, what's good, my podcast friends? It is Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio, where we take it from the YouTube live stream, where you guys can get your questions answered on anything around dating, relationships, and social dynamics in the world of human interaction. This episode is brought to you by Bulldozer.com, where you guys can pick up my ebook, The Crash Course to Kick-Ass Day Game, where you guys can get your day game sorted, action guide there, pair it up with a 30-day challenge, and you'll be sweet. Also, booking one-on-one Skype coaching, dive into your limiting beliefs, create action plans to create actual change in your life. Ongoing packages are available for those that wish to join the bowl inside, which get the perks of priority messaging and priority session bookings, and of course, those day game foundational boot camps, where you guys can have the path of illumination laid out for your social skill set, create the freedom of choice in your dating life, and no longer be scared of what it means to go up to an attractive woman wherever you are, whenever you are, and be able to bring the best of your 50. If you guys would like to donate to this pod to support what's going on here, you can do so through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, just my full name, Adam Ui. And anything you donate is tremendously appreciated. I'm extremely humbled and grateful. Thank you so much. And with that being said, it's time to dive into this social Q&A live. Let's go. Pretty awesome message. And it's just been the theme of the week about congruency and about, about staying true to your principles and about being a masculine being that, Holds a frame, absolutely holds a frame for his woman. And how, if you do not hold the frame, then you're actually you're asking for things to fail. And by you trying to be the Mister Nice Guy, and that's been the theme of this week with all the clients I've been working with, the Mister Nice Guy. So, in terms of how to set up congruent relationships, let me read this guy's message out first, and then we'll dive into your question. Um, we'll go on, go on on that. Then we'll get to your questions. And uh, if you guys are in the live stream right now, please drop a thumbs up down below. Helps out the stream. Lets me know you're in. And uh, drop me a comment as well. Let me know how you're doing today. So let me get to these screenshots that are red because I was a screenshot of them with my flux on. Uh, okay, here we go. Fuck. Okay, here we go. So I'm not going to use his name. I'm just calling V. I'll call him V. He says to me a few days ago, actually, I did actually respond to him, but just not in depth. And I want to hit this in depth. He said, hi, Adam. First of all, I want to thank you for being such inspiration to my life for years. I followed you for a few years and... Thanks to you, I had the courage to go out more, be more authentic and congruent and find my first girlfriend. That's hard. We had been together for over two years and just recently decided to break up. Although there was and still is love, both of us, especially me, felt uncertain about how I wanted the relationship to be. The decision just felt right since both of us felt the strong urge to be single. I have two questions I want to ask you. First, how long should I be processing this breakup since I don't want to get into a rebound relationship? That would be doomed for a failure. Second, how do I go about setting up the relationship so that there won't be major incongruence in the way in my future relationships? And that's the main thing that we're going to dive in on today. We're not going to dive in on the rebound and the processing. If you guys want to know more about that, how long you should be processing a breakup in the Q&A section of this live stream, hit me up. That's not going to be the main content for the first 20 minutes or so. Blah, 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 blah. Moving forward. Uh, <laughs> uh, where, where's the uh, here we go so yeah so his main question is how do I go about setting up the relationship so that there won't be major incongruence in the way in my future relationships in bracket i.e. if she secretly wants monogamy and I don't in bracket I'd be grateful if you found the time to answer me thank you for all the great content and I hope you're all the best thank you very much thank you very much V so yes absolutely how do you set up how do you set up relationships in a congruent manner how do you set up relationships with congruence? Well, the key principle here, V, is that you must be willing to let them go. You must be willing to let the person go in order to set up a congruent relationship. 
How so? Why is this? Because if you aren't willing to let that person go, then you will never have the true, open, honest, direct conversation that you need to have with her. If you aren't willing to let that potential partner go, aka they're not down for the T's and C's, aka they're not happy with a polygamous relationship, they're not happy with open, casual, freestyle relationship where you see whoever you want to see, she wants to see whoever you want to see, and you just kind of ride that out with no real certainty about anything. It's just enjoying the moment together. You have to be 100% comfortable with that. She might not be down. She may not be down with that. And there's a lot of girls in their stage of lives that will not be down for that. And if you aren't willing to let her go in the event that she says that she's not down, then you'll never be able to set up a relationship through congruence. Congruence equals integrity. And this goes, this is hardcore right here and you need to dial in, which is if you want to maintain your integrity, you're going to have to upset some people. And this goes for life in general. If you want to maintain your integrity and you want to be an integral person, a respectable person, the excellent person of this life, then you are going to have to upset some people. People's desires and where they want to go in life and their relationships and the sex, especially sexually is never always going to be in alignment with you. So you're asking about how in future you can set up and not, and not have the major incongruence which you had in your previous relationship. Well, it's very difficult and this is something that I've discussed maybe long time back, but I'll rehash it here for you, which is that you cannot change the T's and C's on a girl halfway through a relationship. It's, it may have appeared as a major incongruence to you when you guys decided, maybe you got, because you said you were together for two years, and maybe you started off the relationship monogamous and it was fucking peaches and cream and you were loving it, but then, I don't know, you get a year and a half in, the passion's starting to die, you want more sexual abundance, you want more sexual variety, maybe you just want to learn from different people. And so you want to change the T's and C's on her. It's not fair to her. It's not going to go down. Not only is it not fair, but it's never going to go down because the girl didn't sign up to that. And that's why with relationships, we always start open and free. You can always start open and free, go to closed and locked, and then return to open and free. But if you start closed and locked, it's almost impossible to go to open and free. It can be done. You got to, But both people are going to have to have a tremendous psychological paradigmal shift within the way that they perceive reality in order to do that. So let's just skip all that, all that extremely hard work. Let's skip all that and just say, let's start things off open and free. And that's how you're going to do it moving forward to set up your uh, relationships in a way that you can be open. You can see who you want to see in the future. Don't give girls the expectation right off the bat that you're going to be the knight in shining armor for the rest of their life and that you're going to ride in for the rest of their lives. If you set that expectation when you know it's not what you truly want, then you're going to set her up for failure. You set up the relationship for failure. You are being incongruent. You are being integral, unintegral at that point. Get some of this tea. For those of you in the uh, live stream right now, welcome. Yokozo. Yokozo Minutan. And uh, please drop a thumbs up down on this video below. It helps it get sent out more. Drop me comments. Let me know you're there. I can see that the comments are starting to fill up a little bit more. Uh, hold your questions for now. Or if you want, I think I think the questions will will stay. Um, yeah, Benjamin, Benjamin, welcome in. Uh, we had a bit of a balls up with the just like last week. YouTube fucked me over <laughs> with the live stream. Tell me the errors. <laughs> Anyways, uh, get the questions ready because we're we're almost going to be wrapping up this content. This might be a shorter content section because there's there's not a lot more of this. I might chuck in a few stories, but basically. When it comes to setting up congruent relationships, my friend, is that you have to be willing to let that person go, which means that you have to be willing to tell them exactly what you want. You have to be willing after the first sexual interaction, not pre, not pre. You don't, this is something that guys get caught on a lot, which is that they feel like they have to, 
unveil their relationship desires and where they're at in life pre-sex. Incorrect. Incorrect. Same for a girl. Incorrect. You guys have almost no standing on each other's social ladders at that point. At that stage in a relationship, it's barely even a relationship at that point. You guys haven't even had sexual intimacy yet. You don't, you're not invested at all. So there's no need to have to, uh, especially, you know, some girls, some girls are a little bit timid, a little bit, te- not tedious, a little bit yeah, shy at getting into sexual relationships with guys until they know what the guy's plan is. And you know why that's so egregiously incorrect? Why that's so ridiculous? It's such a ridiculous expectation is because what I said before, pre-sex, there's no investment. There's no investment, and I don't mean that in a Warren Buffett manner. I mean that on a psychological, emotional manner. And until you make that investment with a girl, how could you ever say where this relationship would or would not go? You know, every girl pre-sex is pretty neutral. Pretty neutral. Like, yeah, you, you, you got feelings for her, but until you guys connect on an energetic-based level and you really get to go through that dance of masculine and feminine polarity, and that investment has been made, you have no idea. You don't even care really about where this relationship could go. You know, you, we always say, you get that questions from people, you know, if you met the right person, if you met the right person, would you settle down? Because I know you're free. I know you're single right now. But if you met the right person and everyone would say, yeah, of course, because met the right person. Now, how would you know that's the right person? You would only know until you go through sexual intimacy. It's a major part of it. I'm not saying it's all of it, but it's a major part of it. So when girls say, oh, when you meet a girl that's, I'm not willing to have a sexual connection with you until you tell me where you want to go based on relationships. Then what I would say is that this is not for you then. Then we should stop this right here. Don't even entertain sexual intimacy with her because she's in a very guarded, very uh, very protected mindset right there, which speaks, and it's not her fault. Like it's, it's, not, it's not a bad thing, I would say. It's just that she's in a very protected mindset because she's most likely been mistreated by many other people, many other male beings in the rest of her life. Maybe she's been raped before. Maybe she's been sexually abused. Maybe uh, she's been fucked around by a lot of other guys. So now she feels like, well, I have to vet and scan every guy before giving myself sexually to him based on his long-term relationship plans. And listen, while in principle that might sound okay, in principle that actually sounds like a good, like it doesn't sound so egregious as I said before but the reason why it is egregious is because the moment you guys do nothing not it doesn't mean anything the relationship does not exist until you guys have a sexually polarized connection at the pre-sexually polarized connection you guys are just friends at that point so no no woman should expect a man to give her a laid out plan as to where this relationship is going to go until that connection, that sexual connection has happened. Now, that is also not me saying that a girl now, what do you say? What do you say that now we just have to fuck on the first day? Absolutely not. That's what I'm saying. In fact, most of my content, I say the complete opposite. All of my content, I've said the complete opposite. Just go back to the video advice to virgins on their first date. You know, I go hard on that message, which is that no, a girl doesn't have to give it up uh, in the first day. That's not what I'm saying here. All I'm saying is that, you know, get some time to know the guy and then, but don't expect him to give you relationship plans until you guys invest on each other's social ladders. When you guys invest on each other's social ladders, then you can start to talk about that. Now, that was a slight, slight tangent, but I feel like there's a lot of value in that in and of itself. Moving forward here. So V, to your question of setting up relationships with congruence and congruent relationships, which is that once you guys have had your first intimate sexual experience together, say you, uh, you were out last Friday night, 
you were out, you were on the hardwood floors, you were out on the tiles, you met this girl, it was great, you set up for the day two, all right, day two was on fire, magic in the garden, and uh, maybe you guys had sex that night, maybe you, had, maybe you set up for the next day, the day three, Disney and chill, okay, you had sex that night, whatever, you've had sex at this point though, now the conversation must happen, the talk, go back to my video, how to set up casual relationships, uh, I believe that's what it's called, just type into the channel, you get it, and now the talk begins, and in this talk, you must be willing to let her go. When you sit down and say, listen, obviously this is, uh, we're feeling each other. There's a connection here between you and I, but we need to talk about where this is going to go. And you do this right off the bat. You do not let things string along. You do not take the let's see what happens mentality. Let's see what happens is just as bad as, well, I'm just going to give her everything that she wants right now. Not what she needs, but what she wants, which is the podcast, which will be coming out. We filmed this week, which will be coming out on uh, Sunday morning. Sunday morning, Maroon 5, baby. So for the hardcore tactics, let me lay it out. Lay it out. In this discussion, what you're going to do is that you're going to explicitly state exactly what you expect from this relationship, where you're at in life, and also at the same time, once that's done, what you would like her to have as well because this is a we bubble. When you're having this conversation, it's not demands. It's not demands. It's we. It's that, listen, I need to be open and free. If that's what you want right now, which is what you told me in your, in your Instagram message. Shout out to Ui Tang One, Double Ui Tang One. We need to be, uh, I need to be free to be able to grow in this life and to be able to see whoever I want to see. And, and yes, I want to have sexual experiences with many different people. And I want you to also have that freedom. Key pillar there, that's point two. Make sure you paint to her what it is for her, what it means for her. Don't get into the demand mindset. Don't get into the singular mindset. This is a we thing. We're creating something here. It's a big, it's a, it's something that guys fuck up big time. Humans in general, actually very self-focused. So you go through that with her and once it's all laid out and also keep point, and I guess the third point there, which I almost, almost kind of skipped over because it's already stuff that's just ingrained within me, which is that at any point you need to let her know at any point, if this does not suit you, then just let me know. Because what we're saying right now is that this is good for while it's good. Right, the open, freestyle, casual relationship which you desire is good until it's good. And what that means is that is it's not it's just indefinite until we decide we don't want this anymore. We will continue this until we don't want this anymore. And there will be no judgment. There will be no hate. There will be no uh, fire and brimstone if you if this girl comes back to me or if you if you're sitting in front of her right now, if you come back to me in two weeks, in four weeks, in three months and say, Well, listen, the open relationship's been great, but I don't want this anymore. I want to lock you. I want to, she probably won't say, I want to lock you down. That's what, that is what she's saying, but it's not what she's saying. She'll say it to me that I just want to be with you. I just want to love you. I don't want to love anyone else. I just want to love you. And, and at that point, she needs to know that she can come to you and not have to blur that line, not have to blur that message and can just deliver it straight to you knowing that, well, he's going to receive me. This guy's going to receive me. And when a woman can feel that a man is going to receive her, then she can be honest. She can be open and honest with you. And that's all you want. That's all you want, right? When people cheat, it's because they don't, they, a big part of it is that they do not believe that they could be open and honest with their partner without incurring a tremendous retribution. So, so you let her know that if we can review, we can review anytime. This is not working for you. It's not working for me. We will review. So you give her that exactly what I want to be, where I want to be in life right now, where I'm at life right now. You give the exact same to her, get her feelings on that. And then what this means for her in future as well and what this means for the relationship in future. Boom. That's all congruence. Now, it's very straightforward. It's simple. There's nothing mathematical about it. But why wouldn't most people do this? And that's why, where I'll wrap up 
the content section of this uh, this old Q&A live stream. It's uh, such a Q&A, such a Q&A live. Because there's not much more to say after this, but it's very crucial that I say this right now, which is that why most guys would never do this is because most guys aren't willing to let go. Most guys are far too scarce. They are far too entrenched in the scarcity mindset to provide a woman with an in or out option. Because that's what you're saying. When you're having this discussion with OV, you're telling her you're either in or you're out. And if you are in, ah, we're going to fucking love it. It's going to be amazing. And if you're out, that's no problem either. I'll go meet the next person. You go meet the next person. I don't need you. There is no attachment. You want to know how to set up congruent relationships? You must be willing to let the person go. And the only way you are willing to let the person go and is to have this open, direct, honest conversation for sure and to maintain your integrity is by acknowledging that she can say no just as well as she can say yes. And you have to be just as comfortable with both. Just as comfortable with both. If you can be just as comfortable with both, then you know that's, that's the path to manhood. That's the path to manhood because what that says is that you're, you're done with your ego. You're, you're done with living in scarcity. You're done with having to front up to a woman and try and lock her down and try and weasel your way into these, well, well, this I don't really know what I want to do with my relationship right now, so let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. And then she's like, oh, let's see what happens. That could mean anything. But I really just want to be monogamous with this guy. But in your mind, you're like, no, I kind of want to see other people as well. And so let's see what happens. That's a boyhood that's a boyhood mentality. That is an immature boyhood mentality that lacks decision, that is right, uh, wrought, wrought with indecision and will only cause you to, to invite tremendous pain in your life. You know, in this podcast that's going to be coming out on Sunday morning, it's a huge theme, which is that until you just decide in your life that I'm done with kicking short-term pain so that I can just draw things out because I'm not going to front up to it, until you decide I'm done with that and I will give people the short-term pain because it's what they need in order to grow in the long term, you're never going to evolve. You're never going to become a man. So V, setting up, we'll get a bit of a deep there, a little bit deeper with the philosophy, but that's where we're going to wrap this up. And uh, I hope that brings you some value on your question of how to set up congruent relationships. You, know, you give them the T's and C's and you just be willing to let her go. Know that this entire world is abundant in relationships, sexually polarized relationships that are going to teach you to grow, teach you to evolve so much if you so choose to chase them, if you so choose to go out there and chase this life, right? They're not going to come to you. You're not going to come to you. And the guys that are deeply entrenched in scarcity, that's why they do it because they feel like, well, this is my only shot. This is the only girl I get an opportunity with, most likely as well because they're externally dependent upon sex. So I'm just going to lie to her. I'm just going to set up incongruent relationships and fuck. And then down on the down. So my friends, that wraps up content section of this social Q&A Goman. If you guys are in the live stream right now, Yokozo, welcome. Please drop a thumbs up down below if you're enjoying this content, if you're watching this in post. Also, please drop me a comment on the video as well and uh, share with me your feedback about your relationships and how your congruence and incongruence relationships has been. I'd love to know. And uh, don't forget to share this with someone that you can feel some benefit from. Now, Q&A, baby. Q&A, let's go. We got some Q&A time. So for those of you that are new to the social Q&A, uh, now you guys can drop in the uh, activity feed, comment box, any questions you have around dating, social dynamics, relationships. And of course, the super chat option is available, which is that if you would uh, like to donate to the channel, donate anything that you wish, then that gets, gets straight, straight back to the channel. I'll dive much harder on your question. I'll give much more context to it and I'll bump it up above all else. 
And uh, we've got about until roughly 11.30, so what's this under? Just under an hour or so. I like to dive. I like to get a lot of questions in. This matcha is fucking good. Mmm. Mmm. So let's... Oh, shit, that matcha is good. Whoa! <laughs> that's like a... That's like a shot to the dick. That was... Fuck. That was a lot stronger than I thought it would be. I think it's because I, I just had I just had this... Uh, this is like a, a censure, this green tea here. That matcha is just 100% pure. That's incredible. Okay, let's go. So, <laughs> this is not the matcha podcast, as I always say. Cut is though. So, let me dive into the question box here. Um, uh, can I pop it out? It normally lets me pop it out. Give me the goddamn pop. Give me the, oh, fuck it. Fuck the pop then. Okay, so here we go. <clears throat> Shikad Shafi says, hey, uh, Adam, there's no volume. That's right. Yeah, there's a huge balls up this morning. Anyways, moving on. Holy, I love it. <laughs> Benjamin Saw, stream is live with the fire. Okay, Halloween Prankster comes in saying, Good evening, mates. Would love to get your perspective on this. Male to female attraction is pretty simple. In general, males are attracted to female in their sense of physical look. In general, what are females attracted to? If it's personality and characteristics, what are some of those and how can one develop such characteristics and traits to attract most women? Fantastic question. Well, Sugoi. Sugoi. Crack the knuckles for this one. Because it's a big question. So I would agree with you that, well, listen, there's a lot of nuance to your question, Halloween Prankster. When you say that male to female attraction is pretty simple and just in general that males are attracted to females in a sense of physical look, it's a yes and no. I would agree with that. And I also dis- disagree with that depending on the context. Are we talking about online dating? Are we talking about initial interactions that are born through energetic connection, aka cold approach, aka for the very first time where you never met this person before and it's cold? Very different things. Are, are, we, uh, are we talking about a lukewarm? Are we talking about a house, a house party introduction where I know Sarah and her friend Tyler is over there and she introduces me? Very different things. Very di- And the context, the situational, contextual environment as to how you met this person very much depends on which criteria gets put first. So agree and disagree with what you said there. Um, it just depends on context. But moving more to your actual question, but I do agree in general that males are very much based on, uh, we definitely rank highly. I'm not going to deny it. We definitely rank highly on the physicality. Absolutely. It just depends on context. But more to your question of, in general, what are females attracted to? If it's personality and characteristics, well, it's actually the exact same answer. My answer is, what's the context? I can, I can give you many different answers based on this because... If we're talking about, like, listen, we can talk about cold approach. And I think because you, I know you're in the cold approach space, then we can talk about cold approach for sure, in which that looks mean absolutely nothing, at least for those first 30 seconds. More than that, actually, and that's me being far too generous. Uh, sorry, far too conservative. Uh, this is what guys that never go out will never understand. They will never understand, which is that when a man walks up to a woman in the middle of the day in the street and he says to her, listen, you know, I just saw you, I was walking by. I thought you looked beautiful today and I had to come say, hey, she's not seeing him. She's seeing him. She's not seeing him, but she's seeing him. And what that means is that she doesn't see whether he's a six foot four Jack German dude. Also at the same time, she doesn't see whether he's a five foot four chubby acne ridden Asian dude. She doesn't see that. She sees his energy. She sees all the, all the things actually that are not verbally communicated, uh, sorry, not just verbally, but externally communicated, such as his intent, eye contact, vocal projection, body language, and vibe. And this is just what I know. This is what I've known through eight to nine years of going out, 
just met thousands and thousands of people, thousands of interactions, coaching so many different guys from guys that are absolute naturals, guys that look like absolute statues to guys that look like absolute potatoes. It does not matter what they look like in an initial interaction when it's born from cold approach. All she receives is your energy. All she is grading when, a, when you rock up to a woman at the very beginning is, is his intent on point and then everything that flows down from there. Will the eyes be on point? Will the vocals be on point? Will his bro, uh, body language be on point? Will his vibe be on point from there? Now, later on in the interaction, further down the interaction, his personality starts to play way more. Uh, his uh, characteristics and traits, particularly on day twos. Because I've said this many times, uh, Halloween, which is that anyone can do a pretty good job of pretending in the first five minutes. Most people can do a pretty good job of faking for the first five minutes, but can you do it for five hours? Can you pretend to be someone that you're not for five hours? I don't know many people that can. And if you can, you're probably sociopathic, right? So what this speaks to is that a woman will start to grade and start to cry and not uh, grade, grade is the right word, but a better word for it is that she will start to screen your personality when you get more into the date space. When you get beyond the initial interaction, you get into the day two or instant day, day two, day three, day four, et cetera, that's when a woman's going to start to uh, screen your, you know, whether it's particularly in relation to other people. That's why if you're confident in yourself, the best thing you can do is some like day two tips. The best thing you can do on a day two is do it in public, right? And and, and for those, oh, I guess only my bootcamp clients are nervous because only bootcamp clients receive my day two guide. It's an ebook on day twos, but only, only bootcamp clients get it. I don't sell it and I don't give it out to anyone else. But in our three-point system, actually, I have a, um, it's very old. It's a very old podcast. It's still very good though. I still link people to it called a full guide to day twos. And I loosely discuss these points anyway in there. Uh, neutral meeting point. The reason why not only do we meet a woman for a day at a neutral meeting point, because it makes it easy for her to say yes. Not just that, but also because it gives us an opportunity to display our personality in relation to others. There is, not, there is almost nothing more attractive to a woman when she gets to see her potential partner interacting with others and seeing him light up, seeing him light it up. When I'm on instant dates, when I'm on instant dates, I do not sit in a dark alley with a girl. When I'm on instant dates, I do not take her, like we might go to a secluded area in the gardens, but not before we've walked through the mall, not before we've, uh, like for, here's a perfect example, motherfucker. Go to day game session three. All right, when I take that blood Russian girl out on off on that instant day, we move off to the side. What do you notice I do halfway through that? I engage this uh, this mom and her daughter just because we were arguing about her being normal about speaking five different languages. So I don't just keep it there with her. I go and I'm like, oh, let me get the opinion of these people. And you can see if you go and watch that interaction. You can see that, oh, look how strong his frame is. Look how much he's leading. And you can see her just completely buy into it. And she fucking loves that because if you can demonstrate your personality in relation to others, there's almost nothing more that lights and girls up because what it shows is that, well, is this guy a leader? Is this guy, this guy's been able to show me some frame. He's been able to show me enough frame, masculine stronghold frame, at least up until this point, but I don't know what it's like in relation to others. And that's a huge portion of the pie. And it gives a girl even not, she's obviously not consciously registering this in the moment, but somewhere deeply hardwired in her psychology, she knows that 
the father of her children is going to have to be someone, the father that she wants of her children, more importantly, is going to have to be a guy that can lead, step up, take charge, be the guy in the crisis, be the guy that will not take shit from others. And if he's this, if you're showing early on in the get, early on in the get, off an instant date, an initial interaction, definitely on dates. If you're not doing this in initial interactions, for sure in a day two, you should be using every opportunity in stores, uh, in coffee shops, in walking down to the gardens with people in the gardens, etc. The the barman at the tapas bar, everything. You should be engaging as much as you can to show this girl. And it's not that you're doing it necessarily actively. It's that something you should be doing in general. Like when I did that with that blonde Russian girl, I wasn't thinking in my mind, yeah, yeah, now would be a good time to to demonstrate my masculinity. <laughs> no, of course not. It's my natural way of being, which goes back to the hyperbolic time chain, but super sane, my friend, which is that this is my natural way of being. And as a natural leader, you want to engage everyone around you. Leaders do not uh, siphon off and, and isolate. We don't isolate. We isolate when we need to, but... We like to engage. We like to be the uh, the bringer of the bringer of joy and the bringer of light to all people. So, yes, and I know this is slightly gone longer on your um on your question, but uh, it's an interesting interesting thing you mentioned of what women are going to grade first. It's like it's not that looks aren't important to tie back up on your question. I'll wrap it up here. It's not to say that women don't obviously. And I've never denied this. I've never denied this. Uh, that women don't appreciate a well-groomed man or that women don't appreciate a, uh, a shredded-out, jacked-up dude. Of course they do, all right? But listen, there's a lot of non-shredded-out, statued-up dudes that are extremely attractive. And listen, I would say that women rate power over physical looks every day of the week. Every day of the week. I feel like, and I think it's just hard-wide, and I think it's, it's, I think it's biological. I think it's biological. I think that I think that if we were to go back three hundred thousand years and we were in caveman times, that the tribe the, the tribes women would not be so concerned about how aesthetically pleasing uh, this alpha is or whoever the alpha is going to be. They would much rather the alpha be the one that is actually able to win the fight, that is actually able to kill the animal, that is actually able to provide shelter, that is actually able to protect them. I, I think that the power aspect, and I think you can look to our modern day society, and this is true. This is very true. And it's, of course, it's this nuance-based talk. There is nuances to all of this. This is not me saying it's 100% this or 100%. No, there is nuances to everything, of course. Of course. So you might then be thinking, well, should I get power then? <laughs> first, you get, first you get the money, then you get the... But what is it? What does the Godfather say? First you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the women. Something like that, whatever it is. I don't know. I'm not that deep on it. But anyways, no, 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 no. Oh. Power in this day and age, because there's obviously two ways of gaining power in, in this in 2019. There is power through financial status, absolutely, and what you're able to do with your financials. However, I see a lot of people, and I know a lot of guys, I used to, uh, when I was a, I'll give you a real story here. I'll give you a real story. But let me just, hold up, because I haven't actually said the point yet. Let me get to the point, I'll get to the story. The point is that there are a lot of powerful dudes out there that have shit house relationships and that they've only got women on the payroll. As I've said, women on the payroll. And I fucking love this term because it's just true. It's just true that some women, for better or worse, and I'm not here to judge their morality, do not give a fuck that they don't care about being with this this guy that is just just sick in the mind. Sick in the mind where 
you know, he's so externally dependent. He's got no principles whatsoever. He's not, he's, they definitely don't want to have children with him. Or if they do, they're going to have children with him, then leave him straight away after as soon as they get that, as soon as they get that dosh, as soon as they get that dollar. Then they're fine with that. And they're absolutely fine with that because they're just after the power play. There are definitely women that will seek for that and that will go for that. And there are definitely men that play that, that play that role and just go, well, listen, instead of improving who I am, because I said there's two ways of achieving power in 2019 for a man, either through financial status, right, and getting uh, monopoly over in that sense, over society, because that is how our society is, uh, is run, right? That's how our society is run. For better or worse, whether you want to argue with it or not, I'm not here to judge the morality of it. I'm just saying it's what it is. And so men can pay to have women on the payroll, which is that, and I know, I know women, I know girls. I've spoken so many times on girls that have, uh, that I've met out at night where I was making out. I've talked about that girl. <laughs> this is one of my favorite ones, that girl that I was making out with at a Rev's Rays Club in Melbourne and on the couch. And then, and then I said to her, who you here with after, uh, after uh, after like we make now and then we we didn't even toilets. I'm like, who are you here with? After we finished making out for a second, she goes, "Oh, I'm I'm here with my sugar daddy. I'm here with my sugar daddy." And then he comes out of the toilet. He's this dweeby little Jewish guy. <laughs> no offense to Jewish guys. I love Jewish. I, I love Jewish guys. I Seinfeld, Jesus. But I'm just saying that's what he was. He was this dweeby little Jewish guy, but he obviously had some dollar. And he came out of the bathroom and she just got off of my lap and just went with him. And I remember the funny part of that story was that when she told me that that she she's here with her sugar daddy, I was so perplexed because at that time I just didn't know what that meant. And she was like, I'm like, what do you what do you what do you mean you're here with your sugar daddy? It's so, like, well, well, he pays me to fuck him. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> You say that again? And she's like, yeah, so he pays me to have sex. I'm like, but are you in love with him? And she's like, no, no, I'm not in love with him. I'm just on, and so in my mind, that's when I go, ah, oh, she's on the payroll. So that's what she means, she's on the payroll. And she just got up and he was happy to have her making out of me. He, was, he wasn't upset at all. Now that's one of my favorite stories and it's a much longer story actually, but I kind of shortcut it. But I've, I've worked with a lot of models, worked with a lot of models that uh, when I was, previous to being a social dynamics coach that my full-time gig was portrait and fashion photography and videography and so you can imagine that I worked with a lot of girls that were on the payroll a lot of models are on the payroll in which that often the case the guy that hires me to shoot them uh, for for one particular fashion label I worked for in Melbourne that I'll travel over there to shoot for uh, shout out to smooth crew this guy was a rich Hong Kong dude rich Hong Kong dude had ridiculous amounts of money and he would just hire these girls, hire these girls to come uh, model for his clothing line. And and he would, he, I'd, I'd be on his Instagram and we'll go out at night and they go to the clubs in Melbourne and, and, you know, there'll be all these girls that just come for the payroll. They just come for the payroll. They sleep with him. They have, they have sex with him. They have no interest in him whatsoever. No interest whatsoever. Just the fact that they get to put, get put in the VIP section of the club. They get the champagne service. They get that Patrick Star service. And that's it. And so they're on the payroll. So there's that's now I wanted to go in on this because and we've gotten really long into this because I just find it super interesting, which is that that's you have to acknowledge what society is and that that so bringing it back here, Halloween prankster, that's one way a man can achieve power in 2019, which is through financial status and you pay to have girls on the payroll. Now, obviously, that's going to cause and is wrought with 
a lot of potential psychological trauma for yourself and the people involved. There is a, there's a lot of things there that could lead you to suicide, depression, and anxiety through that path. I'm not recommending it. I'm not saying to do that. I'm just saying that is one way. Now, here's the way that I would recommend. And that's why I finished with this because the way that I would recommend is obviously the one that you would expect me to say, which is that, or you can walk the path of social uh, self-cultivation and social dynamics. You can walk the path of self-cultivation in which that you evolve yourself and you learn what it means to bring a extremely dense masculine frame. Dense, so dense, like thousand by thousand cubic meter block of granite masculine frame to this girl and which that you can be direct congruent and authentic in all situations your way of being is congruent amongst all beings and then that will transcend all financial status all physical status it transcends everything I've, I've, this is one of my favorite this is my, one of my favorite ten, one of the just it's probably the, the most powerful thing i've learned through the journey of social dynamics Halloween prankster which is that social dynamics transcends pretty much everything else in this life because uh, <laughs> when i say transcends everything in this life in relation to bringing not just bringing women into your life but having a socially sexual abundant dating life in general right just in general but i'm also i'm willing to go back and say that no your your ability your ability to transcend your your knowing of who you are and your social development development is pretty much everything in this life because that it, your mind might go to the sex first, but actually it's what, it's who you had to become. It's who you had to become to be able to go up to this absolute straight dime piece and to be able to bring the package and service her in such a way in which she recognizes you for, actually, this is someone I want to get around with. This is someone I want to be around with. If you can do that, the external manifestation is, yes, an extremely highly attractive woman comes into your life and maybe people outside of you validate you for that. I don't give a fuck about that. It's got nothing to do with that for me. For me, it's the fact that who I had to become, who I had to become to do that, how I had to disregard all the thoughts and opinions of others in this life and just do me and just roll on me. And to be able to do that, you have to really know who you are. You have to come to that knowing inside. And so that power is the power that transcends everything else I've talked about underneath that. That's why, you know, you can go down the path of, because I'd say, where did this all stem from? For those of you that are in the live stream right now, how long praise to ask me, just to sum this up, you know, what do women grade more in terms of what they're looking for as attractive traits or qualities in a man? And, you know, and I said, number one is power. Number one is power, absolutely for sure. And I think it's just biological. And that in this day and age, because we're not back 300,000 years ago, we're not 300K back, in which that we're having to demonstrate our power through physical confrontation, through uh, procuring of meat and through providing of shelter. But the one way, that, well, there's two ways I can see that we can do that now. We achieve power either through financial status or we achieve power through self-transcendence. And through self-transcendence is the path that I've chosen and is the path that I've found over the last eight to nine years that has been the way for me. And I'm not here to judge if you just want to be the guy that's like, fuck it, I'm just going to become, I'm just going to get that, I'm going to get that, venture cap money and i'm just gonna have girls on the payroll if that's your life i was sitting next to a guy on a plane i was sitting when i was on the way to new york back in us uh, uh, a couple months ago three months ago when i was on the way to play i was sitting next to this young 24 year old dude who was uh he was like an abs he, he was a great bloke he was a great bloke but he's a bit of a loose cannon 
and he was traveling to the US to sit down with some venture capital uh, tycoons to uh, discuss gold mining. And this is a young guy, and he was telling me about these these parties that they set up and just all these girls that are on the payroll. And we had a whole conversation on this 14-hour flight about girls on the payroll. So if that's what you want to do and that's how you want to achieve your power in this life, that's fantastic. But for me, it's self-transcendence, it's social dynamics, the journey of self-cultivation, and it's always there for you. It's always there for you. For those little runty, runty, depressed fapping about just fapping about on Pornhub all day for that little runty guy who's a zero out of 10 I still have faith in that guy that he was to decide I'm going to walk the path of self-transcendence I'm going to get my social dynamics together one day he can become the person that can bring a direct congruent authentic vibe to a woman absolutely now whether he achieves that before he dies listen that's the journey that's the journey for a zero I'm always going to have that faith in him though and I'd rather that so I know we've gone hard on this. We've gone very hard on this one. We've only got through one question, but it ended up stemming. That's why I appreciate really well-written out questions. And for those of you that are in the live stream right now, <laughs> let me get a fucking breath. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying this. If you are, please drop a thumbs up on the feed. I'd really appreciate it. Also helps get the stream sent out. And if you're listening to this in post, or if you're in right now, drop your questions. Um, I will answer questions in post as well, and I can save them for next time. But we've still got... We've still got a solid half an hour before I have to piece out. So I will try and get through more questions. We've probably just spent the last 20 minutes. How long are we going for? Probably 20 minutes on uh, Halloween practices one question. It just, it was such a powerful question. So yes. And of course, the Super Chat is there. So uh, if you guys would like to donate to the channel, you can donate through the Super Chat. All of it goes straight back to uh, the Bolldojo. Bolldojo.comu. And... Uh, and I will bump your question to the top above all else. Oh, shit. This matcha is good. This matcha is so good. So let me get to some more questions here. And uh, yeah, for those of you that are listening to this on the Spotify stream, and for those of you in Europe, I've been getting some messages on Europe because I know everyone in Europe is asleep right now. And then you can't make it to the live stream. Just DM me your questions on the gram and I'll get them for the next one. Okay. Fuck this matcha is good. Oh, okay. So, moving on past uh, Halloween Prince's question, Shakad says, oh boy. Shakad says, oos, Adam, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, Adam fell into a weird situation. Ho- hold up. There's a comma there. My apologies. There's a comma there. He goes, oos, Adam, comma. Fell into a weird situation winging for Fearless Dan last week. Ha ha. I was in a four set alone and vibes were up, but I couldn't lead into joining our group with the group Dan was with. Sorry, they just... I'm going to read that again. I was in a four set alone and vibes were up, but I couldn't lead into joining our group with the group Dan was with. So you... Okay, okay. It's just phrased a little bit strangely. So from what I'm, from what I'm feeling that you're saying there is, though, is that you're in your interaction, you've got your four girls there, and Dan's got his interaction with his different sets. You guys are separated by, I don't know, a couple of feet or whatever, and you just couldn't make the transition to bring you two guys together. So my question to be is... Is that, oh, also, oh it's, not, it's not over yet, so hold on, let me read the rest of it. He then goes on to say, I guess I'm asking how you would approach night game pulling, building trust slash comfort, etc. in that high energy environment. Those are two very different questions. <laughs> Shucks, those are two very different questions. So I'll, the first one's very simple though, so I'll go on that, which is that if you've got, if you've got, if you, and listen, this is something, I'll, let me start with principles here. If you're in the day, 
there's no need to have a wing come in with you. If you're in the day and you're meeting two girls and you see two girls and you want to go approach a two set, now listen, there's one, oh, look at this, a deep rabbit hole. There's going to be a whole seminar on two sets. I'll try and get through this as quickly as possible to push this through, which is that the reason why a wing is not, a wing is actually less helpful in the day. It's actually less helpful. In fact, if anything, it hurts. It's, it, it dilutes the energy. It dilutes the vibe. If you see two girls and you like both girls, approach both girls saying that you like both girls. Intent just needs to be congruent. If you see two girls, you only like one, you approach both girls, but you deliver the intent to just one. Okay, good. Move through that. Got that principle sorted. Then, now moving more to your question here, if uh, what, I was laying out the principles of the two set, I just want to make sure that I wrapped up why I was doing that. Because now moving back to your question, Oh, joining groups. Okay, yeah, that's just why. I just want to say that it dilutes the vibe. But if you're in a twilight situation or if you're in a night game situation, groups, which it sounds like you were. Was it? Which situation last... No, you didn't specifically say that you're out at night. No, you did. You said, yeah, approach night game. Yeah, so this must be a night game situation. So, so when it comes to joining groups at night, all you need to do is literally just put them together. Like that's why I thought why I thought well that question seems a little bit undercooked because the way that you bring them together is that and this is something that I routinely used to do uh, when I used to go out at night a lot more I still do but I don't do free oh here's a great example when I was coaching my last one on one shout to sell up in uh, Melbourne and we we're doing advanced one on one we do both day and night we we're at the Carlton. And we were routinely in separate groups where I was talking to these two girls, who's talking to these three girls. And all you have to do in order to join the two is that you don't have to do anything gamey. There's no gamey. If you're separating your wings with those girls and you're with these girls, all you have to do is reconnect with your wing, right? Because if you've set the frame correctly with your girls and he set the frame correctly with their girls, then they should be within your frame. You hear me? They should be within your frame, which means that you are leading, they are following. So if I then turn to, I'm speaking to, speaking to my girls, I'm speaking to uh, this girl called Mel and this girl called, uh, what, was her, what was the other one's name? I can't remember her last name, but shout out to Mel, she's listening to this. And and I turn to uh, Sol and, and I talk to him and all I have to do is just talk to him. All I have to do is just talk to him and I have a little bit bat with him. So what does that do to the two girls is that my two girls go silent. It's like, oh, all of a sudden he just started talking to us. Like, what the fuck's going on here? And then, he starts talking to me, which means his girls go silent as well. And all of a sudden, you've got these girls who are pretty much an audience at that point, just hearing us talk to each other. As long as you don't spend too long in it, it's just literally like and a good time. Here's a tactical tip. A good time to do that is just when the two girls you're or the four girls you were talking with say something outrageous. When they say something outrageous, or even if not outrageous, because then you might be thinking, well, I'll be waiting all night for them to say something outrageous. Typically not outrageous is your definition. So you can say to a girl, listen, do you like green tea? And she's like, no. And they might, all four girls, you girls like green tea? And they're like, we don't like, no, I don't like green tea. That's fucking outrageous to me. So I'll make a huge thing about that. And I'll be like, I'll turn to my wing and I'll go, you fucking hear this? These girls don't fucking like green tea. And he's going to be like, are you fucking kidding? And then all of a sudden, his attention will go to them. So they'll be now engaged with him. And then he can direct the conversation with the girls he was with. Boom, group gets joined together. So the principle behind what I just did was that you take anything that they just said because it involves them, okay? You make a big stink of it. You just challenge them on it is all I'm saying. You challenge, you tease, but you incorporate your wing with the challenge and tease. Now, the reason why I say you shouldn't be doing this in the day, and listen, you have to be... There was a nuance to what I said before about doing two, having your wing come in during the day and how it's just not necessary at all. 
It's definitely never necessary, but the only time I would say that it actually works out is if your wing and you, and I've said this in other in my guide to being a great wing, full podcast on that, which is if you guys can literally hear each other's thoughts, if you are so close of your wing that you guys can hear what each other is thinking, then it's it actually goes down quite well because then you're on the exact same wavelength. But if you're with a new wing or someone that's not even, you're really connected with at all, uh, then this is obviously never going to work because you're never going to be on the same wavelength. And I've got some really good stories. I've got some really good exercises to develop that connection with the wing, stuff that you do in elevators together, stuff that you do in high-pressure social situations. If you guys want to know more about that, drop it down in the questions down below. But anyways, moving on past here, principles to wrap up here. If you're separated in two groups, challenge, tease the girls on something they've said, but incorporate your wing into it, which will bring his attention to them, their attention to him, which means the girls that he was engaging with now are going to be sucked in as well. And you can involve the entire group around this green tea bullshit. There we go. There we go. And then listen, you said that you just weren't able to lead into that. Yeah, it requires you to be extremely uh, masculine. You have to you have to be willing to challenge and tease. And we'll go from there. All right. Moving on. We'll move on down from that. Also, you had a you had a question as well. Uh, you had a question on building trust and comfort in that high energy environment. That's a whole different question. So we'll go on. That's all that's a whole different question. So we'll go on that in a second. But for those of you that are in this live stream, please drop a thumbs up down below if you're enjoying this content. Uh, it really lets me know that it's uh, of value, it's of worth, and helps it get sent out to the rest of the community. And also drop me your comments if you're listening to this in post. If you have questions in post, I'll come back and watch this on the feed and I'll answer them. Getting that tea in here. Mm. Mm. Okay, so Sharks had a second question there about night game pulling, building trust and comfort in that high energy environment. So I have an entire podcast on this, uh, The Guide to Pulling, I believe so. So, but more specific to your question here, what I'd say is because more, what he's really asking there is that how can you develop that comfort and trust of a girl when the cocaine is around, when girls are just pinging off, guys are pinging off, there's crazy lights, there's crazy music all over the place, and it seems impossible actually. It seems like the environment is actually set up for you to not pull, <laughs> which is the beauty of day game because it's actually the complete opposite in the day. But at night, yes, it actually seems like the environment is working against you. And by default, it is. It is. If you just think about it, Sharks, we're here for a second without getting too philosophical. But what is the point? The point of a nightclub is to keep you there. It's the same as a casino. It's to keep you there. So there are no windows. There are no clocks. So you lose all sense of the outside world and time. So to because that means that you spend more money and that you spend more time there and the club will gain more notoriety and also more financial uh, stimulation as well. So the environment is set up so that you don't want to leave and that in order to take a girl out of a club, it seems like uh, it seems like Jedediah's walk. It's, it seems like a, just this journey, this pilgrimage to get, to get her out of there. Yes, but no. Yes, if you look at it with a defeatist mindset. But the way that when I was first coming up and when I was just when I was going out of Matt, going out of Roy, going out of Jay. And the way that we figure this out for ourselves is that, well, every time we try to pull a girl out of a night game environment, every time we try to pull a girl from that environment, it always fucked up when we tried to rush it. We always bomb this when we try and do it in one go. 
when we try and just okay, we we meet this girl on the on the on the on the D floor or whether it's not on the D floor, but just out in the outdoor environment, establish a connection, and it's been going well. And then we just try and take her straight from the D floor out of the club, straight out of the out of the bar, out of the club. It's just it doesn't work. It's like it's it's like trying to start a car with only one wheel on it. It's, it's you're not going to get anywhere. You need to put the wheels on. You need to put the engine in. You need to get the window wipers going. And what that is to say is that you need to baby step your way through this maze. You need to baby step your way and that it actually becomes very simple. You know, for those that are very intimidated by bringing a girl and pulling a girl from a night game situation, a lot of the times I would say where that fear and anxiety for you shucks as well is coming from is that you're trying to rush this shit. You're trying to, you're, you're trying to jump that shit. You're not building that bridge. So in macro of our principles in general, of course, we're going to try and build that bridge. But in micro, we do it as well, which is that we want to enjoy some free fall with this girl, which is that I'm in no rush. I'm in no rush. When you meet a girl, let's say you go out this Friday night because, and actually that's one of the beautiful things about these which is that you guys can ask me questions that are going to prep you for your for the weekend to come. If you're going out tomorrow night, you're going out, uh, well, no, today's Friday. So for those of you in Australia, going out tonight, going out Saturday, etc. Then you can ask me things that are very tactical to this. So shucks, you're going out tonight. What I would have you do if you're one of my clients is that I would get you comfortable baby stepping within the environment itself. Because if you can't make the first down, don't even attempt the touchdown. If you can't get the first way up the field, don't even worry about trying to get the ball into the end zone. What I'm saying here is that if you're not comfortable meeting a girl in the outdoor bar and just taking her from her group of friends for five seconds, 30 seconds, because you want to go check out the balcony and bring her friends with you, bring her friends with you, make it as easy as possible. Just get her used to, and I've said this in, uh, there's a great podcast I have called uh, Tips for Chill Guys Going Out at Night. That one, yes. That one, and also the Day Gamers Guide to Going Out at Night. Those two will be good for you. In that one that I talk about, is just, just, getting her experienced with you in a deeper bubble in different environments and that she gets to see you in different environments within the same environment, so to speak. You're in the same club, but listen, a club is not just a dance floor. A club is not just an outdoor bar. It has all of it, right? And if you want to choose and you want to select environments that you're going out to and the best environments have an array of all of them, have a good mix of all of them so that if I meet a girl, uh, in the in the air in the front area where the foyer is, that I can take her to the dance hall. We can fuck around there for a little bit. Then I can take her to the outdoor balcony, and I can take her to the seated lounge, and then I can take her back. And, and it's just this constant moving back and forward. And then what happens is that when it does come time to, as I discuss in the uh, skydiving at night, and my system for going out at night. You know, if you've been in free fall with this girl, and now it's time to come to land, right? Now it becomes a very smooth landing because you're not trying to rush it. You didn't just. You, you weren't in free fall the entire time and then get 10 feet to the ground and then decide to pull the chute in which you're going to break your legs. No, that we pulled the chute much higher up. And what that meant was that we were already in the logistical mindset of moving this girl from balcony, bar, seated lounge to dance floor. And for you right now, if this is very new to you and this is something that you're not very used to, just once, just do it once. If your goal tonight could just be, and this is your success, which is that I'm just going to go out tonight I'm going to go in, I'm going to meet a girl, I'm going to go out to her, and that at one stage, just once, I'm going to move her to a different location within this environment, from the bar, from the foyer, to the outdoor balcony, from the outdoor balcony, to the dance floor, whatever, just once. And once you realize that if you can do it once, you can do it twice. You can do it twice, you can do it three times. 
And so to your question here, to your question of how do you develop that trust and rapport within this insane environment, that is how. Because there's only one way. It is not done through verbals. Not unless you're in a club that has a very quiet outdoor area. But even then, I wouldn't recommend. I wouldn't recommend, even if you do meet a girl in an outdoor environment, or if you take her to the outdoor the outdoor uh, chill bar area, don't stay there. Don't stay there all the time. You need to keep exposing her to who you are in a deeper bubble and getting to connect with each other in different environments. And that's how you supercharge it. That's how it becomes very easy towards the end of the night of this girl to say, listen, let's let's go get let's get that old kebab. All right. <laughs> let's get that kebab. I love that from that seminar. Some of you might not know what I'm talking about, but listen, let's go for that kebab right now. Let's get that old kebabby. And and suggesting the kebab becomes effortless. You know why it becomes effortless? Because you've already taken her from the bar to the dance floor, the front dance floor, down to the, the seated couch, from the seated couch to the foyer, right? And so now the next progression is just the next deeper thing. And listen, bring her friends with you and that becomes normal. But I don't want you focused on the kebab right now. All I want you focused on is taking one girl from one stage in the environment to the next and you just lead that hard. And if it fucks up from there because you lose your shit and it's just fucking crazy and you're not ready, that's great. You get to practice again, go it again, okay? And that's how trust is developed in the night. Just let her see you in multiple different environments let her get used to you in multiple different uh, locations within the environment. Very good. So this is what I love about the social Q&A lives, which is that uh, we get to go hardcore on tactics, dating tactics, because we start off with hardcore relationship dynamics at the beginning. And so for those of you that want to come with hardcore dating tactics, we'll get that. We'll fucking get that. Now, uh, for those of you that are in the live show right now, please drop a thumbs up down below if you're enjoying this content. Drop me a comment, your feedback if you're watching this in post. If you have any questions, I'll come back later on and I'll, uh, I'll answer them up. And of course, the super chat is available. And uh, and what I'll say here is that we've got about 15 minutes. We've got about 15 minutes before I've got to peace out. So uh, for those of you that would like to donate to the channel and get your question boosted to the top, we've got about 15 minutes to get the rest of your questions in. And uh, without further ado, we'll keep moving. Oh, oh shit. Here we go. First super chat is in from Shakan. Ah, shucks. I'm very, very grateful. I'm very grateful. And he just says, Arigato Adam son. Hontoni. 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 I was going to say, Gochi Samaresta. And that actually does apply in this situation as well. But also just Hontoni Arigato Gazaimashita in general. And I'm very grateful. They just go straight back to the channel, my friends. And I'm just glad I could bring you some value. So thank you. And I'll say one in Arimashtar as well. Thank you. So uh, let me, so yeah, and he's just saying thank you for that hard dive we went on his question. So yeah, the super chat is there. If you guys want to get your question bumped to the top, we've got 15 minutes to go and all that stuff goes back to the channel, but let's move on. Let's move on to the next question. Randy Perez. Oh, let me just get this, uh, let me get this matcha. This matcha is so good. Shout out to Stuart the tea catcher. If you're here in Adelaide, oh, fuck. Not sponsored. Okay. Maybe, though. Maybe. <laughs> Not yet. Okay, so Randy says to me, I've probably got a green tongue now. Randy says to me, uh, Hey, Adam, any tips for how to improve a confident voice, such as like speaking very smoothly and knowing how to keep the conversations going? Yes, actually. And I have a very old video on uh, how to improve vocal projection. It's quite old, but the tips are still true, which is that 
uh, my vocal mm, this 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 conversation can go quite deep because there's two parts to it. Vocal projection and having a confident voice is a mentality. It's a mindset. There are very few people that I've met that actually have physiological limitations on their actual tools, their equipment, that their vocal box and that their vocal resonance is just it's just not there and that they need to do work in that space first. It def- most people uh, diaphragmic breathing diaphragmatic breathing and the ability to have mastery over your vocal box and the projection through your vocal equipment, that's all very important stuff to have a confident voice. However, however, none of that shit matters if that you have not got the mentality right. And the mentality behind having a confident voice, and this is the first, this is something you can do right now, Randy. The first thing you can do right now, if you're going out today, you're going to meet some girls today, the very first thing you can do to 10x your vocal confidence and your vocal projection is to take ownership of what you're saying. A strong, confident voice comes through ownership of what you're saying. I don't care what you're saying. You go up with that girl, you go up with her, say, hey, I bet you like a sashimi star. <laughs> well, you like a sashimi star. Uh, you know, whatever you're going to say. <laughs> That's just an inside joke with some of my weeks. Um, so what I'm saying there is like, whatever you're going to say to the girl, whatever you're talking about, you're talking about the shrimp you had on the weekend. You're talking about some shrimp bullshit. But you can you can improve you can have such confidence behind it. You can be talking about the minute of the minute. You can be talking about absolute minutia. But you can have so much confidence behind it if you take ownership of it. And what does that mean? It means that I love what I'm saying and I don't give a fuck. I do not give a fuck. Zero fucks given about whether you think it's interesting or whether you approve of it. I'm just gonna say it anyway, and I was always gonna say it anyway. And that's, that will take your vocal projection, your vocal stimulation so much further than any vocal training, than any diaphragmatic breathing. Because the vocal training and the diaphragmatic breathing comes after. It comes, it's exactly the same with uh, sexual performance, in which that the squats, the deadlifts, the, 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 the high-intensity sprints, the Kegel exercises, the pelvic floor exercises – that all will definitely improve your sexual performance, but it will not mean shit if you've got psychological lack. If your psychological performance is not in key, it doesn't matter how much you can squat, deadlift, sprint. It does not matter uh, how, because you're just not going to be able to maintain an erection. You cannot maintain an erection if you are psychologically disabled. Exactly the same thing with vocal projection. I know some guys that and I'm a prime example. I'm a prime example, which is that if you go back to my 18-year-old footage of myself, go back to my probably my favorite video I've ever produced in my entire life. It's a short film called The Greatest Lesson from 25 Years of Life. There's some footage in there at the beginning from me as an 18-year-old uh, where you get to hear my voice. And it sounds like this. Uh, hey, guys, just got, just got done doing some day gaming, got some books and some other stuff. And it's, it's very high pitched and it's very nice. And see, I can't even do full justice to it. It's much, much worse than that. But it's like, just got doing some day gaming. And it's like, it's super, it's puppy dog. It's a puppy dog voice because I didn't have ownership of my voice at that time. And if you go back and look at my 18 year old self and then you listen to how I speak now, and in that video, you get to see the progression of my vocals as well if you pay attention to it in the intro. You can see my progression of vocal projection. And the only thing that's changing is, of course, I, I did vocal training. I did diaphragmatic breathing. Of course, I did all that. But 
that's that's pennies on the dollar. The dollar was that through social dynamics, through going out there and meeting people and learning to not give a fuck about the, the, the 42-year-old businessman who walks by when I step up on this girl and I say, yo, miss, I think you look gorgeous today. I had to come say, hey, and I don't give a fuck about what that guy thinks. That does way more for my vocal projection than any any tactical exercise will ever do. You must have the psychological performance first, then the physiological performance can come afterwards. Hopefully that answers that. Oh, and also to your uh, your question of how to keep conversations going, I might do a video on that later in the week because uh, that's a very big question. I just in the last uh, ten minutes here. I just want to get to a few more questions if there are a few more here. So for those of you that are in the live stream, if you're enjoying this content, please drop a thumbs up down below. I really appreciate it. Helps out the stream. And uh, if you're watching this in post, yeah, drop me a comment down below. Let me know your feedback. Let me know if you're enjoying this. And uh, we'll move on. So Benjamin Soares comes in with a question. I'm not sure if it's Soares or Sorez. It could be either. I don't know what your background is. I think it's Soares though. Um, he says to me, what if the relationship was casual, then monogamous? If it goes open for a bit, isn't it very unlikely to return back to monogamous? What if the relationship was casual, then monogamous? If it goes open for a bit, then it, isn't it very unlikely it would return back to monogamous? Uh, I wouldn't say unlikely, Ben. It just depends. It depends on where you're at in life. But I would say it's the opposite. It's much. It's almost impossible for a relationship that started off closed and locked down to become open and free. But a relationship that starts open and free and goes to closed and locked down has a much more likely chance of returning to open and free. I've seen that's been much more the case. I'm not saying it's easy, but it depends on the on where you're at in life. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully that helps. Uh, moving down, Saint Louis. Saint Louis finally opted, and here. Uh, uh, Mush mush. <laughs> mush mush, Yakuza. He says, uh, even more so with regards to that scarcity mindset, people need to realize that they'll still be 100% good if slash when the absolute, they're absolutely alone. Marital and familial relationships aren't 100% necessary. Agreed? Uh, we could all learn from the Christian desert fathers of Egypt uh, how to detach ourselves from the scarcity mindset of feeling that it's necessary to have a relationship with other humans. Agreed. 100% agreed. I love that. I love that for sure. Very well said, uh, Louis. And to the fathers, the, the desert fathers of Egypt. Okay, so moving down here. Uh, Udud. Udud, I don't think I've ever seen you in this chat before, so welcome. He says, hello, I'm with my girlfriend for five months now. How do I set up moments to discuss the relationship or changes without appearing to be in the female pole of the couple. The changes I refer to are the simple things she could let me know how I can, that I could improve and the same thing that could improve for her. Could this be set up during a couple game or something? So, he's ref I'm referring, just get your question there, it's kind of long. I refer to the simple things that, sh that she could let me know so basically, what I'm take, what I'm interpreting your question as Udud is that you want to have a conversation with your partner about how the relationship can be improved and how things could be improved from your point of view and what you could be bringing more to this relationship without stepping into this uh, feminine role, feminine beta male kind of role where you're kind of backing down yourself. That's how I interpret that. And what I'd say is that listen, you have an open, honest, direct conversation with her. 
which is that you say to her, listen, not right now, but at some time during the week when it's mutually beneficial for myself and yourself, let's sit down and I want to talk about our relationship. Right then and there, you're in the masculine frame because you're setting the frame and you're leading. Boom, she's going to agree to that. You sit down and you say to her, listen, if, if you guys are in a relationship, how you two can improve this and how you could bring more to yourself, uh, more from yourself to this relationship, a woman's going to fucking love that. And that does not mean you are stepping into your feminine, uh, into a feminine role. And as if that would ever be a bad thing. There are many times, because listen, this is, I sense a, I sense an incongruence in your mindset here, which is that you feel that you have to be 100% masculine energy 100% of the time. This is incorrect because no being is made up of 100% masculine energy. We all have a polarity of both. We all have a balance of both. It just so happens that heterosexual masculine male beings have much more masculine energy than they do feminine. So that's a different conversation, but I just wanted to make sure that you're aware of this. Bring them back, you sit down and say, listen, uh, I would love to know, and this all couple should be doing this in general. You should have regular check-ins with your partner if you're in a monogamy, any relationship in general, about how you guys can best service the relationship together. So that's all I'd say to her is that, listen, I'd love to know your feedback on where we're at in the relationship. If there are things you feel like I could be doing that could help better service this relationship, and I'd like to give you that same feedback. And you have a share sesh. You have a share, you have a share sesh, right? Now, the only danger for you is if you give up all your masculine power and you say to her, if she starts to say things that are unreasonable, if she starts to ask, well, listen, I don't want you to start. I actually would really prefer it if you did stop going out with your male friends. Er, no, that's crossing the line. That's crossing the line. There are principles, there are boundaries that you must set. It's when you back down on your principles and boundaries. There are things that you will accept and will not accept. That's when you're in danger of losing your frame. Okay, hopefully that helps. We've got another four or five minutes here, so I'll try and get through the rest of the questions and, uh, and we'll wrap it up. So, um, but it was very worrying there that you felt like it was a bad thing to have feminine energy. No, you by default have feminine energy, just not on a greater scale as the feminine beings by default. So, uh, moving down here, Rami Murad, how, how you going, my friend? Says, much love to you, mate. Much love to you. Uh, good to have you here. And, oh, here's a new guy. I think he's a new guy. Rajanish Sharma comes in and says, how can I attract a girl in the first 90 seconds of the interaction during a daytime on the street? Uh, well, it's a very strange question because are you saying that you're going to stop being attractive after the 90 seconds? That seems like a very short-term based question, uh, Rajanish. So I'll throw that out the window. I would completely throw out your frame of mind in the window the, and say, it's not about how do you attract a girl, it's how do you become an attractive being. I'm not concerned with how do I attract a girl and fool her into believing that that I'm an attractive being in the first 90 seconds. No, it's that I live my entire life, my way of being as an attractive masculine being, as an attractive masculine frame that walks through his life with the principles of direct, congruent, authentic. And so when I rock up to her, on her with intense intent, masculine intent, I'm just going to say what it is. I saw you. I thought you were gorgeous. I had to come say, hey, my name's Adam. Right, there's my intent off the bat. Then my eyes are going to follow through that. Then my vocal projection, body language, and vibe are going to follow off of that. I'm just focused on my 50. I'm not concerned with how to make her attracted to me. I just know that if I do the very best of my 50, I bring the best of my 50. At the intersection of that and meeting a girl that I genuinely connect with, magic's going to light up. 
Madge is going to light up. I'm not trying to fool girls. If this girl, if this girl receives the best of my 50 and is not down, move on. Move on. It's not about trying to attract girls in the first 90 seconds. It's about trying to be an attractive being for the rest of your life. All day, every day, 24-7, hyperbolic time chamber. Super Saiyan, my friend. Living Super Saiyan. That's what it is. So, uh, boom, bang on. And that's where we'll wrap up this session. So, my friends, I thank you very much for diving in on this social Q&A live. Arigato gozaimashita. And listen, I want to say this at the end here. This is the second time in a row that YouTube has rickrolled us where the live stream, it just says error. So I had to set up this makeshift live stream. So I, I don't know. It's like it's worked once, but all the other live streams, it always messes up. So I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send an email to YouTube and see what's up. But I thank you for all of you that, that dealt with the YouTube bullshit. And of course, now, for those of you that are in here, please drop a thumbs up on the content below. For those of you that are watching in post, please drop that thumbs up. Helps out the stream. Helps out the content. Drop me your comments and post if you're watching this in the post and I'll come back and I'll answer them. Or if you want me to answer them in the next live Q&A, I can do that as well. This replay will be on YouTube very shortly and the replay will also be on our podcast, Bottledger Podcast, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, also on Bottledgerpodcast.com, which is brought to you by, of course, Aha, We'll be available there. That's all I'm saying. It'll be available. Brought to you by Bordeaux.com. And so we're going to wrap up this session. We'll wrap up this session right here. And I believe, because this is in the makeshift, uh, I've got to end it through OBS. So until next time, my friends. Until next time. Montekondo. I'm wishing you the best in your journeys. Much peace and much joy. Yeah. Thank you very much for diving into this episode of Social Q&A live, my friends. If you would like to connect with me, the best place to do so is on the gram at uitang1, double O-I-Tang-1. Also, if you missed this live stream but would like to join in on the next one, just on YouTube at The Bowl. Every Friday, at least for the foreseeable future, we will be doing this at 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, which is Adelaide time, converted to your city, of course. And I would love your feedback on this episode as well. Whether you want to slide me an email at bulldozer.com or you want to slide me a DM on the gram or on YouTube, drop a comment. That'll be most appreciated. And of course, this episode is brought to you by bulldozer.com where you guys can pick up that crash course to kick us day game. Get your day game sorted. Pair it up with a 30-day challenge. You'll be sweet. Also booking one-on-one Skype coaching where you guys can dive into your limiting beliefs, create action plans to create change in your actual life. And if you'd like to become a bowl insider which gains access to priority messaging, priority session bookings as well which I cannot do for everyone. It's only for the Bowl Insiders. You can also book those through the website. And also, for those of you that really want to dive in deep and attain the freedom of choice in your dating life, be anywhere and be in any state, see that woman that you're so much attracted to, coconut oil style, <laughs> and be able to bring the best of your 50. And of course, day game foundational boot camps. You can sign up for those at all at poldojo.com. Also, if you would like to donate to this poldo, you can do so by donating anything that you wish through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. And anything you guys do donate is so tremendously appreciated. It's, uh, it blows my mind. So thank you so much. And of course, I'm wishing you all the very best in your life, the very best in your journeys. Thank you so much for being here with me. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.